return is very close And so you better be believing that our God is an awesome God Our God is an awesome God Welcome to a service at Holy Life Tabernacle in Brookings, South Dakota. We are proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. Now let's go into the sanctuary and here's today's message. will cry, our bones will sing. And there's a passage in the Old Testament where Elijah asks, Elijah or Elisha asks, can these bones live? Or God asks Elijah, can these bones live? And he says, Lord, only you know. And I think about some churches and they're just dry. And I think, you know, if you ask the question, if the Lord asks you the question, can these bones live in some of these churches? It's like, Lord, only you know. But praise God, we have a church here where it's alive. Amen. 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 The worship, I was just itching to get up here. I almost ran up here before it was done. It was just, it's easy to preach after worship like that. Amen. And uh, so thankful to Pastor Dave for allowing me to teach this uh, tonight. Amen. Um, You know, one thing the Lord's really been showing me a lot of is, you know, the whole, you know, you have people ask, and it's it's the right question to, to say, you know, Lord, you know, let your spirit come, or or the the presence to, the presence of the Holy Spirit to heal is is really powerful in this place. And Lord has really been showing me that, well, the Holy Spirit, the presence to heal is always powerful. Amen. And it's good to be reminded during a service, you know, yeah. when you really can, you know, have the anointing. But there can be people that the Holy Spirit is active and manifested in them in themselves yeah. in a church service, and other people in the same church service. Right that they don't have anything going on. Right. And so it's not necessarily about the presence of God being being here to heal because he's, yeah. God's will is to heal. Amen. The Holy Spirit's always with us. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. So th- there's always the power of, of the Lord to heal no matter where we're at, no matter what situation. But it, what's really important and what is what goes on in the inside of us. Amen. You know, the external stuff, we can't, you know, as far as, um, we can't control different things that go on, but we can control what the temperature is inside. Amen. Amen. Yes, we can. And we can control if we're going to be somebody that our bones are going to sing, our hearts are going to raise to the Lord. Amen. And so, just something the Lord impressed on me this morning and, and again tonight, just that, you know, no matter where you at, where you're at, or what church service you go to, or... What event, you know, Pastor Dave was talking about uh, secular, um, secular concerts and different things. And mm-hmm. you might find yourself in a, in a position, in a place that really doesn't feel like the Holy Spirit's there. But the Holy Spirit is there, always. No matter what event it is. The Holy Spirit is there. Yeah. I mean, it might be something where you don't really even want to be there. You have to be there for some other reason. Just allow the Holy Spirit to work inside you, Amen. no matter where you're at. Yeah. You know, there's, there's a couple stories about... about uh, a family, families that maybe are are running from their life from the government, from di- in different places around the world. There was a, a story about a, a family that was getting buried alive if they didn't pronounce Jesus as their Lord, yeah. or as they didn't denounce Jesus yeah. as their Lord and Savior. 
and you know, there's like two kids in the hole along with the wife and the dad. And I thought, you know, and, and the dad's kind of wrestling. He doesn't know what to do. He's like, well, you know, my kids are here. Maybe I should just. And his wife said, hey, just remember where we're going to be right. tonight. <laughs> when we, when we, when we, when we get buried, when we, you know, are, are gone off this earth, we're going to be in heaven. We're going to be feasting in heaven. Amen. Isn't that such so encouraging? Amen. That that we know where we're gonna go. That's right. Amen. That's right. And I I just yeah. think that no matter where we're at, we can praise the Lord. Amen. No matter what circumstances we have, we have something to be thankful for. That's right. We have something that we can hang our hat on, yeah. and that's Jesus Christ. And Amen. Tuesday's gonna be a great night. Yep. I'm gonna um, have John three sixteen in my sermon as well. It's a ver- verse that never gets old. Hallelujah. Well, let's get to the message. Uh, the tabernacle of the new covenant uh, we're going to talk about today. And, and it's a series of messages I want to start talking about the new covenant, what we have, some of the types and shadows from the old to the new. And uh, it's something that was really has been really fun to study. Uh, and, and I hope you enjoy it as well. And, and, you know, just it's about his glory. Amen. So let's just pray first. Father, we thank you for your glory. We thank you for your, your being here, Lord, and for being on the inside of us, Father, that we have a choice whether or not we're going to receive from you or not. Lord, so I just pray that everyone here has a, a soft heart for you, Lord, a soft heart to receive from you, Jesus. And we just thank you for being here uh, with us. We're two or three are gathered together in your name. You are here in the midst, so we know that you're here. Uh, we thank you in Jesus' name. You know the why... why you know, it doesn't say where one or two are gathered together, because if there's only one, there's no midst. It's just, it's just you. Yeah. So Jesus is always here anyways. Yeah. Amen. Amen. So we know there's an old covenant that God made with man, and we know that there's a new covenant that God made with man. Yeah. And so through studying this, I actually found out that there's seven different covenants God has made with mankind um, from the beginning through now. I'm only going to talk about two of them, but the seven are the Adamic covenant, with Adam, uh, which is actually split up into two parts. There's the Eden, Edenic covenant um, and the Adamic covenant. One of them deals with, uh, after the fall, the covenant of you're going to toil in the ground, you're going to, you know, childbearing is going to be hard. But the other one was to keep the, keep the ground and name the animals and all that. We have the Noahic covenant with Noah, the Abrahamic covenant, where we get Jewish circumcision, um, and Abraham being told, you're going to be a father of many nations. as the covenant with Abraham. Yeah. The land covenant, or also called the Palestinian covenant, when he divided the lands. And the Mosaic covenant with Moses. And that's where we get a lot of the law with the blood of bulls and goats. And the different feasts and the different offerings, which are things that we're going to be looking at in the future. Um, and uh, where the, when the tabernacle was built yeah. was during the Mosaic covenant. And then the uh, Davidic covenant, uh, which his covenant with David. And then the new covenant, which is the only covenant in the New Testament, which is fitting because seven is the number of the Lord, you know, and it's the perfect number. It's perfect to God. Amen. So his new covenant, we know, is a perfect covenant. There can't be a covenant that beats this. Amen. And so we're going to focus today, tonight, on the tabernacle of the Mosaic covenant, or I'm going to be referring to it as the old covenant. And how each piece is represented in the new covenant. 
And I think it's a it's a really fun thing to look at, and it's a fun thing to to know that oh, you know, the the Old Testament, the Old Covenant wasn't just wiped away when Jesus came, but Jesus said, I came to fulfill the law, right? right? So it's important that we know what went on in the Old Covenant so we can understand why things happen in the New Testament, amen, Um, and how that goes along with uh, the old Jewish law and different things like that. And so I want to cover some differences in the two covenants. So the Old Covenant was just for Israel, Exodus 19, 5 through 6. No other people were a part of this covenant. It says, Now therefore, if you, will, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, then you shall be a special treasure to me above all people, for all the earth is mine. And you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words which you shall speak to the children of Israel. And then if we go to 1 Peter 2.9, we find out that we are the new Israel. The new covenant is for everyone who believes in Jesus. So it says, you are in, you look at the, some of the similar Words here, you are a chosen generation, we're a royal priesthood, yeah. and a holy nation. Yeah. And he's talking about the body of Christ. As Christians, we are a holy nation unto God. Yeah. His own special people that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. Amen. So we know that we are the church, that we are the representation, the type and shadow of the old covenant Israel and we have all of these promises, amen, that God has for us. Amen. Old Covenant was a good covenant established on good promises, Hebrews 8, 5 through 7. But the New Covenant is a better covenant established on better promises. Yeah. It says, who serve as the copy and shadow of the heavenly things, as Moses was divinely instructed when he was about to make the tabernacle. For he said, see that you make all things according to the pattern shown you on the mountain." And the, the reason that's important that they made it like that is because this was going to house the presence of God. Yeah. It had to be perfect. They had to use the, the perfect uh, materials that God wanted them to make in order to house a perfect God. Yeah. And that's why, you know, now when we receive Jesus into our heart, it says that our spirit is sealed. Amen. Mm-hmm. That's why when the Lord looks at us, he, as Christians, he looks at us as perfect. Not that we all act, have to act perfect, but he needs a holy tabernacle, a perfect tabernacle to dwell in. To dwell in. Amen. Thank you, Lord. And it says, uh, but now he has obtained a more excellent ministry inasmuch as he is also the mediator of a better covenant, which was established on better promises. For if that first covenant had been faultless, then, there, then no place would have been sought for a second. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? Well, that means that there's not being sought for a third. Right. <laughs> Amen. At least on earth. Right? So what does that mean? That means that this new covenant is faultless. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Yes. Hallelujah. New covenant, oh, old covenant was external sacrifice only. You know, it didn't matter what they were thinking. They even had an offering that they had to, that they had to give to the Lord for, for sins that they weren't even sorry about. They weren't sorry about the sin, but it was a, it was an offering that, well, it's like a resti- like restitution. You had to pay restitution for something you did to somebody else. And on that, they added a 20% fee uh, to the priest on, those off- on that offering. Yeah. So uh, the Old Covenant was external sacrifice only. didn't matter really as an Israelite what you believed inside. It was, it was, a, it was a cause and effect. It set a standard but provided no power to keep it. 
So there was a standard, Pastor Dave talks about standards. There was a standard in the Old Testament that had to be kept, just like there is in the New Testament. But there was no power, amen, to keep that standard. There was only sacrifices. New covenant is internal. The standard of fulfilling the new covenant is believing Jesus Christ as the Son of God. And having him in our hearts. Amen. So it's internal that he died on the cross for our sins and rose from the dead so that we could have eternal life. God doesn't just want us to sacrifice to him. Amen. He wants us to be obedient. He wants us to love him internally. Hosea 6.6 6 in, the, in the Living Bible, it says, I don't want your sacrifices. I want your love. I don't want your offerings. I want you to know me. And this is Old Testament right here. So even... You know, think about it. The sacrifices that happened in the Old Covenant weren't, weren't um, for any other reason so that maybe the, the Israelites would love him a little bit more. Maybe they would keep his commandments a little bit more. But for us, he says, I don't want your sacrifices. I want your love. Mm. Well, amen. When we love Jesus, we sacrifice to him anyways, right? Yeah. I don't want your offerings. I want you to know me. That's all he wants. He wants a personal relationship internally with us. Amen. Yeah. Old Covenant talks about things that they couldn't do or they wouldn't or they'd be punished. Exodus, Exodus 20 talks through the uh, the different the different commandments. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself a carved image, any likeness of anything that is in heaven above, or that is in the earth beneath, or that is in the water under the earth. Skip to verse 7. You shall not take the name of the Lord God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guilt, guiltless who takes his name in vain. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Again, skip to 12. Honor your father and mother that, the days may be long upon, that your days may be long upon the land which the Lord your God is giving you. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not cover your neighbor's house. You shall not cover your neighbor's wife nor his male servant, nor his female servant, nor his ox, nor his donkey, nor anything that is your neighbor's. Amen. So it was a a list of rules that you you should not do this, you should not do that, you cannot do this, or you are going to be punished. And it was was the the best thing at the time that the Lord had for the people. You know, it wasn't that he was being harsh. No, this was, you know, to get them, you got to remember, before the Mosaic Covenant, there was no... There was sin, but there was no uh, punishments for sin. There was nothing that said, well, you did this, now you have this. You know? And so that's where we get, actually, our our law nowadays is is from, you know, from the first covenant. You know? Because now it's, you can't, if you steal, this is what's going to happen to you. If you, you know, know, not as much anymore committing adultery, but but just different things like that. Although although it's, you know, we have have a, a law from God... The law of love that says when we love people, we're not going to do those things anyways. <clears throat> Amen. So, yeah. the new covenant is about what we have and our inheritance. So, not, not, not anything that we can't do, but it talks a lot about what God has given us. The grace that he's given us. Romans six eighteen through 21. says, and having been set free from sin, you became slaves of righteousness. I speak in human terms because of the weakness of your flesh. For just as you presented your members as slaves of uncleanness and of lawlessness, leading to more lawlessness. So now, i got to slow down, I think. So now present your members as slaves of righteousness for holiness. 
For when you were slaves of sin, you were free in regard to righteousness. What fruit did you have in the things of which you are now ashamed? For the end of those things are death. And so, as instead of being free to righteousness, which means that that you know we were you know under bondage to sin, so we couldn't there was no righteousness in them. Well, now we're we're bonded, we're slaves to sin, which is actually a good thing. Amen. We're or not slaves to sin, slaves to righteousness. Amen. Slaves to righteousness, which means that when we are following Jesus, amen, there's like a, there, we just, we have to be righteous. I mean, you know, you just want to be righteous. It's like, you're so excited to be righteous, you know, when you have Jesus in your heart and you want to follow him. Yeah. Romans 8, 16 through 17 also says, the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit. You know, isn't that great? The Holy Spirit actually communicates with our spirit. Yep. Yeah. That we are children of God, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. Amen. So we have an inheritance. Amen. Now, I want to talk a little bit about the Old Testament tabernacle. The Bible says in Matthew 5.17 that Jesus didn't come to destroy the law, amen, but he came to fulfill the law. So there are a lot of things, and dare I say, most things in the Old Testament law that are a type and shadow of the things that were to come in the New Testament, in the New Covenant, which we are living under now. And a type of shadow is a historical person, place, event, or institution that has a future historical fulfillment. So there's a lot of things, there's a lot of places, and there there were a lot of things that were done in the Old Testament, amen, that had... That purpose there, there was a purpose for the law, there was a purpose for the tabernacle, but then it also, amen, had a future historical fulfillment. And we're fulfilling that right now, and there's a lot of these in the Old Testament, so I want to look at the tabernacle. So, Jeremy, could you put the tabernacle picture up there? I'm always getting that um, up there. I just want to go through uh, the different things. Thank you. So you notice that the direction of the tabernacle is facing east. So, so all these have meaning. It's amazing how God did this. All of these things have meaning. So we have the, the direction of the tabernacle facing east. We have on the, the outer part of it was the outer courts of the tabernacle. And then going from east to west, we have the altar of burnt offering known as the brazen altar. We have the bronze laver. Then we have the first veil um, to, to separate the outer court from the holy place. Sorry, I was going to use this, and I'm not. So we have the holy place. So um, outer court, we got the altar burnt offering, the bronze laver, the veil here. And then on, on this side, on the north side, we have the table of showbread with the showbread on it. On the south side, the golden lampstand. This is the holy place, the altar of incense. And then there's an inner veil, the, the veil that was torn um, in the New Testament. The holy of holies. And then we got the Holy of Holies right here. Yeah. So the Holy of Holies was a place that only the high priest could go in and only could go in once a year. And then here we have the Ark of the Covenant. We have the mercy seat on top of the Ark. And we have the cherubim um, guarding the Ark, so to speak. So... There's everything. I want to show you this because I want, to, I want you to see how meticulous God was in the Old Testament. Everything had to be the same. This had to be bronze. This had to be bronze. It couldn't be. But do you notice, as you get closer to, to, the, coven, to the 
presence of God, and we'll talk about this, it's pure gold, pure gold, pure gold. God only wants perfection. Amen. And that's why he sent his son Jesus, because Jesus was the only person that could do this. He's the only perfect person that could shed his blood for us. Amen. So let's go through them. The direction of the tabernacle. Tabernacle faced east, it said in Numbers 38, so it was toward the sunrise. Then the temple in Jerusalem faced east towards the Mount of Olives. So they had the tabernacle in the wilderness, and then they built the temple the same way as they did the tabernacle. It was facing east towards the Mount of Olives. And this has actually a prophetic meaning. Um, A lot of scholars believe that this is the spot that Jesus will return in the Feast of Trumpets. So there's also, we're going to go through the feast eventually. I'm so excited. So we're going to go through the feasts, the different feasts eventually, and just what they mean for um, different prophecy and stuff like that. I'm not going to get much into the prophecy part of it, um, because honestly, you know, I'm not 100%, excuse me, 100% sure on, on the end time stuff and different things like that. But the Feast of Trumpets, Ezekiel 43, 1 through 7, says, um, Afterwards he brought me to the gate, the gate that faces towards the east, and behold, the glory of the, of the God of Israel came from the way of the east. His voice was like the sound of many waters, and the earth shone with his glory. It was like the appearance of the vision which I saw, like the vision which I saw when I came to destroy the city. The visions were like the vision which I saw by the river Shavar, and I fell on my face. And the glory of the Lord came into the temple by way of the gate, which faces towards the east. The Spirit lifted me up and brought me into the inner court, and behold, the glory of the Lord filled the temple. Then I heard him speaking to me from the temple while a man stood beside me. And he said to me, Son of man, this is the place of my throne and the place of the soles of my feet, where I will dwell in the midst of the children of Israel. And when he's talking about the children of Israel, he's talking about the children of Israel in the new covenant. No more shall the house of Israel defile my holy name. They nor their kings by their harlotry or the carcasses of their kings are on their high places. So we know that, that the direction of the tabernacle was important. That that there is meaning to the direction of the tabernacle. The next thing is the tabernacle. The tabernacle itself was the dwelling place of God's presence. That's where God was. You know, and, and it's it's sad that, you know, you think about before the Mosaic Covenant, God was just he was talking to everybody. He was, you know, uh, he was talking to, you know, obviously talked to Adam and Eve, even um even uh, um Cain, when Cain killed Abel, you know, he, he was audibly speaking to Cain. You know, what have you done? I hear your brother's blood cries from the, from the ground. You know, he was talking to Cain. He was obviously talking to everybody because he said, you know, you know, he put a mark on Cain and said, you know, tell everybody, hey, if you touch Cain, you're going to get 70 times 7, I think was uh, the punishment of what Cain did. So, but there was still nothing, you know, but God was talking to people openly. And, you know, now his presence in the Old Testament of covenant is kind of, you know, just within the tabernacle. This is the place that you went to atone for your sin. It was the place where the high priest was was atoning for sin on behalf of the whole tribes. Um, But it was a sacred place where God was. And, And the New Testament of that is we are the tabernacle that Jesus dwells in now. Amen. He dwells in us, and we can, 
and you know they really couldn't take his presence necessarily out. I mean, it was it was all kind of they did everything in the tabernacle area. Well, now we can go out and we can proclaim. Amen. That's why it's a better covenant. Amen. Because it doesn't just have to stay inside of us. It doesn't have to stay in our tabernacle here. Yeah. Amen. We are we are a temple of the Holy Ghost, but we can we can we can speak it out to people. We can Amen. you know other people can get saved. It's like uh, you know it's like you know a contagious disease. If you know like chickenpox, if you touch somebody and the next person get it, you know and different things. That's what the Holy Spirit. If you if you talk to somebody about the Holy Spirit about the Lord, and then they catch on fire, and then somebody else catches on fire. Yeah. Amen. It's just you know it's yeah. it's such a better thing that we have. Then we have the outer court. Any Jew could go into the outer court to sacrifice on the altar of burnt offering. And the altar of burnt offering, um, so, um, let's go to 2 Corinthians 5.17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Sorry, I can't talk. So, the outer court, any Jew could go into the um, outer court to sacrifice on the burnt offering. Anybody that becomes a Christian is ushered into the presence of God. Amen? They're just, you're just there. I mean, there's no waiting period, there's no anything like that. You know, you just, you have the presence of the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. Yeah. Amen? Then we have the, uh, the altar, we actually have the altar of burnt offering. It was for the general atonement of sin. Um, a type of the cross where the Christ would, would Christ would offer himself as a pure offering uh, on behalf of sinners, before God, on behalf of sinners. And so, the altar of burnt offering, remember Jesus, you know, he said, Lord God, my God, why have thou forsaken me? You know, and what he was doing, he was, he was taking, he had all the sin of the world, you know, he was an offering unto himself for the people, for all the people, amen, and he, he died on the cross. So that we wouldn't have to go through that suffering. Yeah. So we wouldn't have to offer, quote unquote, ourselves, amen, for the sin that has been committed to our, you know, has been, that we have committed. Mm-hmm. Colossians 1, 13 through 14. <clears throat> he has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of His love, yeah. in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins. And then 19 through 20. For it pleased the Father that in Him all fullness should dwell, and by him to reconcile all things to himself, by him whether things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of his cross. Amen. So Jesus was the burnt offering. He was yeah. the one that offered himself voluntarily, amen, um, on the cross, <clears throat> excuse me, on the cross for us. The next thing that we have is the bronze lavers. The laver, I think is how you say it. So we have the altar of burnt offering and then Far, a little farther west, we have the bronze laver. And in the bronze laver, the priests would have to wash their hands and feet before they went into the holy place. And so this is a type of Christ, a type of Christ who cleanses us from all unrighteousness. Yep. Amen. Yeah. Christ cleanses us. First, uh, 1 John 1, 1.9, it says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us, amen, from all unrighteousness. So. Amen. The bronze labor, a type and shadow, how, how Jesus just washes us. He just yep. cleanses us. Yep. I always love, you know, when Jesus washed the feet of the, of the disciples, you know, and only after that did John start calling himself the one whom Jesus loved. It's like as he was writing it down, you know, he got to that part, and he, he just got a revelation of how God, much God loved him. 
how much Jesus loved him. He, you, if you look, he didn't call himself the one whom Jesus loved until after he wrote about that. Isn't that amazing? I mean, you know, so even you th- you, the, the word is an, the, the inspired word of God. But even as these writers were writing the word of God, they had revelations come to them. Amen? That's, not, that's amazing. Hallelujah. So then we get inside from the outer court to the inner, to the actual, the tent. Amen. And we come to the holy place. So only priests could enter the holy place. Uh, nobody else could. No, just regular Jew could enter the holy place. They're a representative of all people of Israel before God. Amen. Revelations 5, uh, 1, 5 through 6. It was a type and shadow of us. And from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler over the kings of the earth, to him who loved us and washed us from our, uh, from our sins in his own blood. And he has made us kings and priests to his God and Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Amen. So, only priests could enter the holy place. Well, we are kings and priests. Amen. He made us kings and priests. Amen. <clears throat> the next we have the table of showbread, which was on the north side of the tabernacle, which was a symbolism of God's provision of food in the wilderness. So remember, he, he gave them the manna. He gave them, he gave them the, um, the, the fire by night and the cloud by day. Amen. And so the table of showbread symbolized God's provision and again, in the New Testament, how God sent His Son, yeah. the bread of life for us. Thank you. Amen. And uh, that was John 3.16. God so loved the world, He Thank sent you. His only Son. Yes. That whoever believes in Him should yeah. not perish, but have everlasting life. Yeah. Amen. I've said that verse so many times today. <laughs> but at every time, it's just like, wow. He loved the world. He yeah. gave His only Son. Yeah. That's amazing. So then on the table of showbread was the showbread itself, the food God provided in the wilderness. And that's a type of Christ, amen, like we just talked about, who is the bread of life. Amen. Not just God providing Christ, but Christ. It's the embodiment of Christ who is the bread of life. John 6:35 says, And Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger, and he who believes in me shall never thirst. Amen. So every week in, in the Old Covenant, every week they would set out new bread. There would be 12 loaves of bread. They'd set out new bread. Amen. Because it would it eventually would, would, it would expire, you know, everything. In the New Testament, he who comes to me shall never hunger. There's no setting out more bread. There's one, there's one bread of life, and that's Jesus Christ. Amen. Again, a better co- covenant established on better promises. Then we have the golden lampstand was on the south side of the tabernacle. It served as a symbol of God as the light that was guiding the children of Israel during the Exodus. And this was the only light in the holy place. So the veil was thick. The walls were made of goat hair and can't, I mean, just you couldn't see through the walls. You couldn't see through the veil. So that was the only light was the, was the golden lampstand. This was the only light in the holy place. A type of Christ who is our light. Amen. He's the light that shines in the darkness. John 8, 12 says, And Jesus spoke to them again, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. Amen. So he is our light. He is is what shines through us in a dark place. And we live in a dark world, folks. We live in a dark world. There's a lot of things that are happening that 
um, you know, especially because of social media and different things like that, are getting more and more, uh, you know, mainstream, getting more and more accepted by everybody, accepted by Christians, accepted by churches. Amen. So it's 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 getting darker and darker. The Bible promises us that things will get worse before they get better. Amen. And so it's important, amen, that we that we keep that light inside of us, that we read the word, that we're in prayer, yep. and we're spending that quality time with God, amen, so that our light just continues to shine bright. Right? Yep. Amen. The next we have the altar of incense. Incense was burned daily on the altar, symbolic of daily prayer. And this was a type of Christ who was our daily intercessor to the Father. Yep. He intercesses for us all the time. Yep. He's He's constantly praying for us. He's constantly praying. Uh, Hebrews 7.25 Therefore, He is also able to save to the uttermost those who come to God through Him since He always lives to... He lives to make intercession for them. Amen. Isn't that amazing? That's why He went to the... That's why He's sitting at the right hand of God. That's That's one of the main reasons right now. That's one of the main things that He's doing but it says that he always lives to make intercession for us. Amen. For such a high priest was fitting for us, who is holy, harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners, and has become higher than the heavens, who does not need daily as those high priests to offer up sacrifices, first for his own sins and then for his people's. For this he did once for all when he offered up himself. Amen. Isn't that great? Yep. He didn't need the. He doesn't need the daily. You know, like well, random sinned again. I guess I got a day. You know, daily. It's not. It's not intercessory in that way. Yeah. But it's intercessory prayer, as in, all right, Randy, you can do it. Amen. I'm. In, I'm going to encourage you today. Yep. I'm praying for you to the Father. Yep. Amen. Yep. Hallelujah. Amen. So even when we pray, and we pray to God through Jesus Christ, we pray to God, our Father, in the name of Jesus. Yes. Amen. Yes. Why? Because we can't. Because if Jesus was removed, we wouldn't have an intercessor to the Father. We wouldn't, you know, it, it just, it wouldn't be the same, right? So that's why we pray in the name of Jesus. Yes. So we got the veil, the, the inner curtain separating the people from the presence of God, which is a type of Christ. I mean, remember in the, in the New Testament, when Jesus died, the veil was torn in two, right. allowing access, amen, um, to God, yep. to, the, to the Ark of the Covenant, right? It's a type of Christ, but instead of blocking us from God, amen, when the veil was torn in two, and now as, acts as a way to God through Jesus, our intercessor. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. So instead of the veil blocking us from the, the presence and only allowing one person to go in a year, yeah. amen, now it's our opening. It's our, it's our gateway, yeah. amen, into the Holy of Holies, into the presence of God, amen. 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 1 Timothy 2.5 for there is one God and one mediator between God and man, the man Jesus Christ. So he is the, he's, he's the torn veil, so to speak. Amen. He's, he's the one that allows us to, to talk with God, to bring our uh, needs to God. Amen. It says, ask and it shall be given to you. Seek and you shall find. Knock in the door. Jesus is the door that we knock on Amen. to get uh, to God. Amen. Then we got the Holy of Holies, or, the, or the, the most holy place. Only the high priest could go into the Holy of Holies once a year. 
And now, amen, we have Jesus as the high priest. We just read that he is the better high priest and dwells inside of us. So we have full access to the Holy of Holies. If we have the high priest living on the inside of us, there's nothing that we can't access, amen, amen. in the presence of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Hebrews 4, 14 through 16 says, Seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses. Isn't that amazing? You think of, in the Old Testament, think of the scribes and the Pharisees and the high priest who, who did not sympathize. Yeah. <laughs> you know, who didn't sympathize at all. Amen. Yeah. Um, who could not sympathize. I mean, they were, they were of stature. They had money. They had nice clothing. They had everything. But now we have a high priest he says, we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize. Or it might as well say, we do have a high priest who can sympathize. Right. Amen. With our weaknesses. Yeah. But was at all points tempted as we were. Amen. All points. What you're going through right now, Jesus already went through it. Yeah. Amen. Amen. The circumstances that you're going through right now, yeah. Jesus already took it. Amen. Amen. He's already beat it. He's already gotten the victory over it. Amen. Well, if the high priest lives on the inside of us, and he's beaten it, what does that mean? Well, the Bible talks about abiding in the vine. And if, we're in, if Jesus is in God, and God is in Jesus, and we're in Jesus, and we're in God, and God's in us, and Jesus is in us, you know, it, it intertwines us with, with, with the Father, intertwines us with Jesus. Amen? So if Jesus is on the inside of us, and he has the victory over all points that he was tempted in, I mean, that means that we have the victory, amen, in all points. Everything that you're tempted in, every circumstance you're going through, yeah. you have the victory right now. Amen. Not tomorrow. Yeah. Amen. It's not like Pharaoh, we're going to let the frogs last, stay another day. Yeah. Amen. We have the victory today. Amen. Today is the day of salvation. Amen. Hallelujah. Yeah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, for giving us full access. Amen. Full access to all your promises. Thank you, Jesus. Next was the cherubim on either side of the mercy seat. They were associated with guarding and worshiping God. That's kind of what they symbolized. Well, we give worship and we give thanks to the Father through the name and in the name of Jesus. Amen. The mercy seat. Next, I'm going to skip that verse. The mercy seat was the covering of the ark. It sat on top of the ark as a covering. On the Day of Atonement, the high priest sprinkled blood on and in front of the mercy seat. Traditionally, the sprinkling was in the shape of a cross. And atonement was made by God for his people. Now just think about this. The priests back then, you know, the Lord gave prophecy to, to only certain people. So the priests back then didn't know the meaning probably at the time of, oh, why, well, why is the Lord having me do it like this? <laughs> you know, why is he having me do it in the shape of a cross? But God knew, Amen. That's why it's a type and shadow. It's, it's um, Jesus' blood being shed for us. That, that symbolism of the cross. Yep. Amen. Romans 3.24-25 says, Being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God set forth as a propitiation or a covering by His blood through faith to demonstrate His righteousness. Because in His forbearance, God had passed over the sins that were previously committed. And Jesus died during the Passover, during, during Passover. Amen. So, again, God had passed over. You know, 
the, the meaning of Jesus dying when he did on, on that day, Pontius Pilate didn't know. You know, the, the, the Pharisees were blind to what God was trying to tell them. Amen. But again, the, the significance of Jesus dying on Passover, he passed over our sins. Amen. He passed over the, the punishment and the wrath that he usually had for, for sin. He didn't have wrath for people. He had wrath for sin. Remember that. In the Old Testament, he didn't. It's not that he didn't love people. God is never changing. He doesn't. He hasn't changed yesterday. Not going to change today, and he won't change forever. Amen. But he hated sin, and he still hates sin. Right. Amen. It's just dealt with a little differently in the better covenant that we have with him. Hallelujah. Almost done here. Number fifteen. The fifteenth thing that that. uh, the tabernacle. I'm not going to go into the goat hair and the materials they use. I'm sure there's a whole other uh, sermon on that. But the Ark of the Covenant, the most important piece of the tabernacle, and it symbolized God's presence. Amen? It was in the Holies of Holies, and it's a type of the Holy Spirit who's on the inside of us. We have the present, the, the most prized possession, the best thing in the tabernacle we have living on the inside of us. Isn't that amazing? The, the thing that nobody could, I mean, couldn't even touch it. Only Levites could touch it. If anybody else touched it, you'd be, you'd be dead. Right. But the very special thing that nobody could touch in the New Testament, in the new covenant that we have with him, amen, he put it on the inside of us. Amen. amen. It's, it's all around us. It's, it's, it, it permeates throughout our body. It permeates throughout the atmosphere where we're at. Isn't that amazing? Amen. Hallelujah. Even somebody, Uriah, who, who accidentally touched it, you know, and he, and he had good intentions. He was keeping it from falling on the ground. Yeah. But dead. the power of God, the presence of God, just was too powerful for any, just any commoner to touch, except for yeah. the Levites. Amen. But he has it on the inside of us. Isn't that, isn't that amazing? Yeah. 1 Corinthians 3.16 says, do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We're the embodiment of Jesus Christ when we're, when we're saved, when we're, when we're a Christian. Yeah. Hallelujah. The Spirit of God dwells in you, dwells in us. Amen. Do you see how Jesus is the center of our faith? How everything in the tabernacle was a type and shadow of Jesus Christ to come? And how he made it possible for us to enter into the Holy of Holies. He made it possible for us to have the Holy Spirit on the inside of us. Amen. Amen. Yeah. He is our light. Amen. Yeah. He is our bread of life. Amen. Thank you, he is our offering to God for, a, for, our, for the sin of the world. It says, yeah. it says, we forgive others because Christ forgave us. Amen. Through his offering, he forgave us. Yes. You know. All of our transgressions, everything that we did, was, it says, was nailed into the cross. And that was Jesus Christ. Yes. He was a transgression for us. Yes. He was a sin for us. Yes. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank so, you, Jesus. Jesus is so important. You know, when we're talking to people, when we're at Kids Night Out, you know, when we're having big smiles on our faces, and when we're, we're talking to the kids and talking to the parents. Yep. Amen. Just remember, Jesus should be the center of the conversation. Yes. Amen. There are a lot of good streams to teach about. One thing that Pastor Dave always says that I really, really love, Psalm 
when starting the church, there is a river whose streams shall make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwell. Amen. And let's build our house. Let's build build our house on the river on Jesus. It's fun. You know, it's fun to go into streams. Amen. It's fun. It's fun to teach about tongues, and it's fun to teach about the Holy Spirit, and it's fun to teach about healings, and it's fun to teach about the tabernacle and different things like that. Amen. But build your house on the river. Amen. And then from the river, you know, you will have streams. There are gonna. There might be. You know, the Bible talks about different gifts that we have that everybody has. You know, somebody's gift is going to be uh, maybe uh, you know uh, a healing ministry. Somebody else's gift may be tongue and interpretation ministry. Those are all streams, but it says, if we build on the river, the streams, the streams of the church, they make glad the city of God. Amen? But there can't be streams if there's no river. It wasn't about the tabernacle, amen? It was always about what the tabernacle represented. Amen? And that's something that the Pharisees and the scribes never got. They never got that. It wasn't about the tower. It wasn't about all the semantics. It wasn't about the technicalities of what went into the prayer, or what it went, or what went into the fast, or what yeah. went into the reading, or anything like that. Yes. Amen. It was about what the tabernacle represented. Yeah. It represented the presence of God and Jesus Christ to come. Yes. Amen. 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 And now He is here. He's present yeah. with us. He's up here, but He's with us. He's in our heart. Yep. Amen. In our own lives, too, it's not as much about the technicalities of worship or the prayer, although the Bible shows us how we should worship and how we should pray. Yep. But God doesn't really just look at the sacrifice. He doesn't look at just the technicality. Amen. Yep. But we saw Hosea that he just wants us to love him. Yep. He just wants us to know him. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. It's about the heart. Yeah. Do, we have a, do we have a right heart towards God? Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Do we want to serve him with all that we have? Thank you, Lord. Amen. You know, in fact, the Bible says that we are not our own. We are bought with a price. That's right. Amen. Amen. So when we're serving him, we're serving him with a, with a rented being, <laughs> Amen, so to speak. Yeah. He, he bought us, amen, yeah. so that we could be free from sin. We could be free from the law. Amen. And again, he didn't come to get rid of the law, to destroy the law, but he came to fulfill the law. And what does the Bible say? Um, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, yeah. and love your neighbor as yourself. Yeah. On these two things hang all the laws and the prophets. The laws. Amen. Yeah. So we know that, that just by loving people, we fulfill the law. Amen. Yeah. Amen. It's about the genuine time in the presence of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. That's what God wants from us. Yeah. He wants our love. He wants our devotion. He wants our effort. Amen. Mm-hmm. He, wants, he, wants just, he wants just to be crazy with us. Yeah. He wants to just have a good time with us. He wants us to laugh in his presence. He wants us to joke around in his presence. God has a sense of humor. You know, everything that we have comes from God. And I know if you, everybody's met somebody with just a crazy personality. Just like, just like, just really crazy. Just will do anything. Amen. We'll jump, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll jump into like a freezing cold lake or, you know, whatever. Just personality. All those came from God. So God has a personality. We can laugh in his presence. We can joke around in his presence. We don't need to be solemn. Amen. I always have to catch myself when I'm worshiping because I have this really serious look on my face most of the time. But then I see Pastor David, he's smiling away. And I'm like, yeah, I got to be like that. Excuse me, I got to be like that. You know, we want to be, we should be happy when we're worshiping the Lord. But I'm usually like, you know, I'm really trying to concentrate. But 
then it's like, Lord, I don't know, why do I need to concentrate? I just know that you love me. Amen. I just know that I want to serve you. Amen. Yep. Hallelujah. Yep. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Well, Father, we thank you for your word. Yes, we thank you that you dwell on the inside of us. Thank you, Jesus. That we are not alone in this journey, Lord. Yes, we are not alone in this world. That you are our light you, that Jesus. shines in a dark place, Father. Thank you, Jesus. That we can come to you through our mediator, Jesus Christ, who came to earth as a man to die on the cross for our sins, but first had to be perfect. Had to be perfect. There was no other way. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for being so faithful to us, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We owe it all to you. We owe everything that we have to you, Jesus. We love you so much. We thank you for what you did for us. We thank you for your presence on the inside of us, Lord. Hallelujah. Help us to live like you. Help us to imitate you, Jesus. And Lord, I just pray for everybody here for the rest of their week, Lord, that they have a great week, they have a blessed week, that they see miracles happen, Lord, that they see divine appointments happen, Father, that they, that they have testimonies of how good you are. They have testimonies of who got saved today. They got testimonies of of family members coming back to the Lord. They got family. They have testimonies of restoration happening in relationships, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We also pray again for Kids Night Out on Tuesday. We pray that that kids will come expecting to win a bike and leave with the promise of the Holy Spirit, with the promise of the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior. Hallelujah! All for Your glory, Lord. None of it comes to us, Father. You reap the increase, Lord. So we thank you for your grace for us. We thank you for the glory of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this inspirational message. We trust that you were encouraged in your faith. For additional information or resources, please contact the church at 605-692-4616. You can email us at holylife@brookings.net or visit our website at holylifetabernacle.com. If you're in the Brookings area, please stop by to visit a service. We are located at 241 Mustang Pass, just off Main Avenue South. Our service times are Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6.30 p.m., also Wednesday nights at 7. God bless you.